part three chapter one of under western eyes by joseph conrad this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine part three chapter one the water under the bridge ran violent and deep its slightly undulating rush seemed capable of scouring out a channel for itself through solid granite while you looked but had it flowed through razumov's breast it could not have washed away the accumulated bitterness the wrecking of his life had deposited there what is the meaning of all this he thought staring downwards at the headlong flow so smooth and clean that only the passage of a faint air-bubble or a thin vanishing streak of foam like a white hair disclosed its vertiginous rapidity its terrible force why has that meddlesome old englishman blundered against me and what is this silly tale of a crazy old woman he was trying to think brutally on purpose but he avoided any mental reference to the young girl a crazy old woman he repeated to himself it is a fatality or ought i to despise all this as absurd but no i am wrong i can't afford to despise anything an absurdity may be the starting point of the most dangerous complications how is one to guard against it it puts to rout one's intelligence the more intelligent one is the less one suspects an absurdity a wave of wrath choked his thoughts for a moment it even made his body leaning over the parapet quiver then he resumed his silent thinking like a secret dialogue with himself and even in that privacy his thought had some reservations of which he was vaguely conscious after all this is not absurd it is insignificant it is absolutely insignificant absolutely the craze of an old woman the fussy officiousness of a blundering elderly englishman what devil put him in the way haven't i treated him cavalierly enough haven't i just that's the way to treat these meddlesome persons is it possible that he still stands behind my back waiting razumov felt a faint chill run down his spine it was not fear he was certain that it was not fear not fear for himself but it was all the same a sort of apprehension as if for another for someone he knew without being able to put a name on the personality but the recollection that the officious englishman had a train to meet tranquillized him for a time it was too stupid to suppose that he should be wasting his time in waiting it was unnecessary to look round and make sure but what did the man mean by his extraordinary rigmarole about the newspaper and that crazy old woman he thought suddenly it was a damnable presumption anyhow something that only an englishman could be capable of all this was a sort of sport for him the sport of revolution a game to look at from the height of his superiority and what on earth did he mean by his exclamation won't the truth do razumov pressed his folded arms to the stone coping over which he was leaning with force won't the truth do the truth for the crazy old mother of the the young man shuddered again yes the truth would do apparently it would do exactly and receive thanks he thought formulating the unspoken words cynically fall on my neck in gratitude no doubt he jeered mentally but this mood abandoned him at once he felt sad as if his heart had become empty suddenly well i must be cautious he concluded coming to himself as though his brain had been awakened from a trance there is nothing no one too insignificant too absurd to be disregarded he thought wearily i must be cautious razumov pushed himself with his hand away from the balustrade 
and retracing his steps along the bridge walked straight to his lodgings where for a few days he led a solitary and retired existence he neglected peter ivanovitch to whom he was accredited by the stuttgart group he never went near the refugee revolutionists to whom he had been introduced on his arrival he kept out of that world altogether and he felt that such conduct causing surprise and arousing suspicion contained an element of danger for himself this is not to say that during these few days he never went out i met him several times in the streets but he gave me no recognition once going home after an evening call on the ladies holden i saw him crossing the dark roadway of the boulevard de philosophes he had a broad-brimmed soft hat and the collar of his coat turned up i watched him make straight for the house but instead of going in he stopped opposite the still lighted windows and after a time went away down a side street i knew that he had not been to see mrs holden yet miss holden told me he was reluctant moreover the mental condition of mrs holden had changed she seemed to think now that her son was living and she perhaps awaited his arrival her immobility in the great armchair in front of the window had an air of expectancy even when the blind was down and the lamps lighted for my part i was convinced that she had received her death-stroke miss holden to whom of course i said nothing of my forebodings thought that no good would come from introducing mr razumov just then an opinion which i shared fully i knew that she met the young man on the bastions once or twice i saw them strolling slowly up the main alley they met every day for weeks i avoided passing that way during the hour when miss holden took her exercise there one day however in a fit of absent-mindedness i entered the gates and came upon her walking alone i stopped to exchange a few words mr razumov failed to turn up and we began to talk about him naturally did he tell you anything definite about your brother's activities his end i ventured to ask no admitted miss holden with some hesitation nothing definite i understood well enough that all their conversations must have been referred mentally to that dead man who had brought them together that was unavoidable but it was in the living man that she was interested that was unavoidable too i suppose and as i pushed my inquiries i discovered that he had disclosed himself to her as a by no means conventional revolutionist contemptuous of catchwords of theories of men too i was rather pleased at that but i was a little puzzled his mind goes forward far ahead of the struggle miss holden explained of course he is an actual worker too she added and do you understand him i inquired point-blank she hesitated again not altogether she murmured i perceived that he had fascinated her by an assumption of mysterious reserve do you know what i think she went on breaking through her reserved almost reluctant attitude i think that he is observing studying me to discover whether i am worthy of his trust and that pleases you she kept mysteriously silent for a moment then with energy but in a confidential tone i am convinced she declared that this extraordinary man is meditating some vast plan some great undertaking he is possessed by it he suffers from it and from being alone in the world and so he's looking for helpers i commented turning away my head again there was a silence why not she said at last the dead brother the dying mother the foreign friend had fallen into a distant background but at the same time peter ivanovitch was absolutely nowhere now and this thought consoled me yet i saw the gigantic shadow of russian life deepening around her 
like the darkness of an advancing night it would devour her presently i inquired after mrs holden that other victim of the deadly shade a remorseful uneasiness appeared in her frank eyes mother seemed no worse but if i only knew what strange fancies she had sometime then miss holden glancing at her watch declared that she could not stay a moment longer and with a hasty handshake ran off lightly decidedly mr razumov was not to turn up that day incomprehensible youth but less than an hour afterwards while crossing the place mallard i caught sight of him boarding a south shore tramcar he's going to the chateau borel i thought after depositing razumov at the gates of the chateau borel some half a mile or so from the town the car continued its journey between two straight lines of shady trees across the roadway in the sunshine a short wooden pier jutted into the shallow pale water which farther out had an intense blue tint contrasting unpleasantly with the green orderly slopes on the opposite shore the whole view with the harbour jetties of white stone underlining lividly the dark front of the town to the left and the expanding space of water to the right with jutting promontories of no particular character had the uninspiring glittering quality of a very fresh oleograph razumov turned his back on it with contempt he thought it odious oppressively odious in its unsuggestive finish the very perfection of mediocrity attained at last after centuries of toil and culture and turning his back on it he faced the entrance to the grounds of the chateau borel the bars of the central way and the wrought-iron arch between the dark weather-stained stone piers were very rusty and though fresh tracks of wheels ran under it the gate looked as if it had not been opened for a very long time but close against the lodge built of the same grey stone as the piers its windows were all boarded up there was a small side entrance the bars of that were rusty too it stood ajar and looked as though it had not been closed for a long time in fact razumov trying to push it open a little wider discovered it was immovable democratic virtue there are no thieves here apparently he muttered to himself with displeasure before advancing into the grounds he looked back sourly at an idle working-man lounging on a bench in the clean broad avenue the fellow had thrown his feet up one of his arms hung over the low back of the public seat he was taking a day off in lordly repose as if everything in sight belonged to him elector eligible enlightened razumov muttered to himself a brute all the same razumov entered the grounds and walked fast up the wide sweep of the drive trying to think of nothing to rest his head to rest his emotions too but arriving at the foot of the terrace before the house he faltered affected physically by some invisible interference the mysteriousness of his quickened heartbeat startled him he stopped short and looked at the brick wall of the terrace faced with shallow arches meagrely clothed by a few unthriving creepers with an ill-kept narrow flower-bed along its foot it is here he thought with a sort of awe it is here on this very spot he was tempted to flight at the mere recollection of his first meeting with natalie halden he confessed it to himself but he did not move and that not because he wished to resist an unworthy weakness but because he knew that he had no place to fly to moreover he could not leave geneva he recognized even without thinking that it was impossible it would have been a fatal admission an act of moral suicide it would have been also physically dangerous 
slowly he ascended the stairs of the terrace flanked by two stained greenish stone urns of funereal aspect across the broad platform where a few blades of grass sprouted on the discoloured gravel the door of the house with its ground-floor windows shuttered faced him wide open he believed that his approach had been noted because framed in the doorway without his tall hat peter ivanovitch seemed to be waiting for his approach the ceremonious black frock-coat and the bared head of europe's greatest feminist accentuated the dubiousness of his status in the house rented by madame de s his egeria his aspect combined the formality of the caller with the freedom of the proprietor florid and bearded and masked by the dark blue glasses he met the visitor and at once took him familiarly under the arm razumov suppressed every sign of repugnance by an effort which the constant necessity of prudence had rendered almost mechanical and this necessity had settled his expression in a cast of austere almost fanatical aloofness the heroic fugitive impressed afresh by the severe detachment of this new arrival from revolutionary russia took a conciliatory even a confidential tone madame de s was resting after a bad night she often had bad nights he had left his hat upstairs on the landing and had come down to suggest to his young friend a stroll and a good open-hearted talk in one of the shady alleys behind the house after voicing this proposal the great man glanced at the unmoved face by his side and could not restrain himself from exclaiming on my word young man you are an extraordinary person i fancy you are mistaken peter ivanovitch if i were really an extraordinary person i would not be here walking with you in a garden in switzerland canton of geneva commune of what's the name of the commune this place belongs to never mind the heart of democracy anyhow a fit heart for it no bigger than a parched pea and about as much value i am no more extraordinary than the rest of us russians wandering abroad but peter ivanovitch dissented emphatically no no you are not ordinary i have some experience of russians who are well living abroad you appear to me and to others too a marked personality what does he mean by this razumov asked himself turning his eyes fully on his companion the face of peter ivanovitch expressed a meditative seriousness you don't suppose kirylo sidorovitch that i have not heard of you from various points where you made yourself known on your way here i have had letters oh we are great in talking about each other interjected razumov who had listened with great attention gossip tales suspicions and all that sort of thing we know how to deal in to perfection calumny even in indulging in this sally razumov managed very well to conceal the feeling of anxiety which had come over him at the same time he was saying to himself that there could be no earthly reason for anxiety he was relieved by the evident sincerity of the protesting voice heavens cried peter ivanovitch what are you talking about what reason can you have to the great exile flung up his arms as if words had failed him in sober truth razumov was satisfied yet he was moved to continue in the same vein i am talking of the poisonous plants which flourish in the world of conspirators like evil mushrooms in a dark cellar you are casting aspersions remonstrated peter ivanovitch which as far as you are concerned no razumov interrupted without heat indeed i don't want to cast aspersions but it's just as well to have no illusions 
peter ivanovitch gave him an inscrutable glance of his dark spectacles accompanied by a faint smile the man who says that he has no illusions has at least that one he said in a very friendly tone but i see how it is kirylo sidorovitch you aim at stoicism stoicism that's a pose of the greeks and the romans let's leave it to them we are russians that is children that is sincere that is cynical if you like but that's not a pose a long silence ensued they strolled slowly under the lime trees peter ivanovitch had put his hands behind his back razumov felt the ungravelled ground of the deeply shaded walk damp and as if slippery under his feet he asked himself with uneasiness if he were saying the right things the direction of the conversation ought to have been more under his control he reflected the great man appeared to be reflecting on his side too he cleared his throat slightly and razumov felt at once a painful reawakening of scorn and fear i am astonished began peter ivanovitch gently supposing you are right in your indictment how can you raise any question of calumny or gossip in your case it is unreasonable the fact is kirylo sidorovitch there is not enough known of you to give hold to gossip or even calumny just now you are a man associated with a great deed which had been hoped for and tried for too without success people have perished for attempting that which you and holden have done at last you come to us out of russia with that prestige but you cannot deny that you have not been communicative kirylo sidorovitch people you have met imparted their impressions to me one wrote this another that but i form my own opinions i waited to see you first you are a man out of the common that's positively so you are close very close this taciturnity this severe brow this something inflexible and secret in you inspires hopes and a little wonder as to what you may mean there is something of a brutus pray spare me those classical allusions burst out razumov nervously what comes junius brutus to do here it is ridiculous do you mean to say he added sarcastically but lowering his voice that the russian revolutionists are all patricians and that i am an aristocrat peter ivanovitch who had been helping himself with a few gestures clasped his hands again behind his back and made a few steps pondering not all patricians he muttered at last but you at any rate are one of us razumov smiled bitterly to be sure my name is not guggenheimer he said in a sneering tone i am not a democratic jew how can i help it not everybody has such luck i have no name i have no the european celebrity showed a great concern he stepped back a pace and his arms flew in front of his person extended deprecatory almost entreating his deep bass voice was full of pain but my dear young friend he cried my dear kirylo sidorovitch razumov shook his head the very patronymic you are so civil as to use when addressing me i have no legal right to but what of that i don't wish to claim it i have no father so much the better but i will tell you what my mother's grandfather was a peasant a serf see how much i am one of you i don't want any one to claim me but russia can't disown me she cannot razumov struck his breast with his fist i am it peter ivanovitch walked on slowly his head lowered razumov followed vexed with himself that was not the right sort of talk all sincerity was an imprudence yet one could not renounce truth altogether he thought with despair peter ivanovitch meditating behind his dark glasses became to him suddenly so odious 
that if he had had a knife he fancied he could have stabbed him not only without compunction but with a horrible triumphant satisfaction his imagination dwelt on that atrocity in spite of himself it was as if he were becoming light-headed it is not what is expected of me he repeated to himself it is not what is i could get away by breaking the fastening on the little gate i see there in the back wall it is a flimsy lock nobody in the house seems to know he is here with me oh yes the hat these women would discover presently the hat he has left on the landing they would come upon him lying dead in this damp gloomy shade but i would be gone and no one could ever lord am i going mad he asked himself in a fright the great man was heard musing in an undertone hm yes that no doubt in a certain sense he raised his voice there is a deal of pride about you the intonation of peter ivanovitch took on a homely familiar ring acknowledging in a way razumov's claim to peasant descent a great deal of pride brother kirillo and i don't say that you have no justification for it i have admitted you had i have ventured to allude to the facts of your birth simply because i attach no mean importance to it you were one of us en de notre i reflect on that with satisfaction i attach some importance to it also said razumov quietly i won't even deny that it may have some importance for you too he continued after a slight pause and with a touch of grimness of which he was himself aware with some annoyance he hoped it had escaped the perception of peter ivanovitch but suppose we talk no more about it well we shall not not after this one time kirylo sidorovitch persisted the noble archpriest of revolution this shall be the last occasion you cannot believe for a moment that i had the slightest idea of wounding your feelings you are clearly a superior nature that's how i read you quite above the common uh, susceptibilities but the fact is kirylo sidorovitch i don't know your susceptibilities nobody out of russia knows much of you as yet you have been watching me suggested razumov yes the great man had spoken in a tone of perfect frankness but as they turned their faces to each other razumov felt baffled by the dark spectacles under their cover peter ivanovitch hinted that he had felt for some time the need of meeting a man of energy and character in view of a certain project he said nothing more precise however and after some critical remarks upon the personalities of the various members of the committee of revolutionary action in stuttgart he let the conversation lapse for quite a long while they paced the alley from end to end razumov silent too raised his eyes from time to time to cast a glance at the back of the house it offered no sign of being inhabited with its grimy weather-stained walls and all the windows shuttered from top to bottom it looked damp and gloomy and deserted it might very well have been haunted in traditional style by some doleful groaning feudal ghost of a middle-class order the shades evoked as worldly rumour had it by madame de s to meet statesmen diplomatists deputies of various european parliaments must have been of another sort razumov had never seen madame de s but in the carriage peter ivanovitch came out of his abstraction two things i may say to you at once i believe first that neither a leader nor any decisive action can come out of the dregs of a people now if you ask me what are the dregs of a people hm, it would take too long to tell you would be surprised at the variety of ingredients that for me go to the making up of these dregs of that which ought must remain at the bottom 
moreover such a statement might be subject to discussion but i can tell you what is not the dregs on that it is impossible for us to disagree the peasantry of a people is not the dregs neither is its highest class well the nobility reflect on that kirylo sidorovitch i believe you are well fitted for reflection everything in a people that is not genuine not its own by origin or development is well dirt intelligence in the wrong place is that foreign-bred doctrines are that dirt dregs the second thing i would offer to your meditation is this that for us at this moment there yawns a chasm between the past and the future it can never be bridged by foreign liberalism all attempts at it are either folly or cheating bridged it can never be it has to be filled up a sort of sinister jocularity had crept into the tones of the burly feminist he seized razumov's arm above the elbow and gave it a slight shake do you understand enigmatical young man it has got to be just filled up razumov kept an unmoved countenance don't you think that i have already gone beyond meditation on that subject he said freeing his arm by a quiet movement which increased the distance a little between himself and peter ivanovitch as they went on strolling abreast and he added that surely whole cartloads of words and theories could never fill that chasm no meditation was necessary a sacrifice of many lives could alone he fell silent without finishing the phrase peter ivanovitch inclined his big hairy head slowly after a moment he proposed that they should go and see if madame de s was now visible we shall get some tea he said turning out of the shaded gloomy walk with a brisker step the lady companion had been on the lookout her dark skirt whisked into the doorway as the two men came in sight round the corner she ran off somewhere altogether and had disappeared when they entered the hall in the crude light falling from the dusty glass skylight upon the black and white tessellated floor covered with muddy tracks their footsteps echoed faintly the great feminist led the way up the stairs on the balustrade of the first floor landing a shiny tall hat reposed rim upwards opposite the double door of the drawing-room haunted it was said by evoked ghosts and frequented it was to be supposed by fugitive revolutionists the cracked white paint of the panels the tarnished gilt of the mouldings permitted one to imagine nothing but dust and emptiness within before turning the massive brass handle peter ivanovitch gave his young companion a sharp partly critical partly preparatory glance no one is perfect he murmured discreetly thus the possessor of a rare jewel might before opening the casket warn the profane that no gem perhaps is flawless he remained with his hand on the door-handle so long that razumov assented by a moody no perfection itself would not produce that effect pursued peter ivanovitch in a world not meant for it but you shall find there a mind no the quintessence of feminine intuition which will understand any perplexity you may be suffering from by the irresistible enlightening force of sympathy nothing can remain obscure before that that inspired yes inspired penetration this true light of femininity the gaze of the dark spectacles in its glossy steadfastness gave his face an air of absolute conviction razumov felt a momentary shrinking before that closed door penetration light he stammered out do you mean some sort of thought-reading peter ivanovitch seemed shocked 
i mean something utterly different he retorted with a faint pitying smile razumov began to feel angry very much against his wish this is very mysterious he muttered through his teeth you don't object to being understood to being guided queried the great feminist razumov exploded in a fierce whisper in what sense be pleased to understand that i am a serious person who do you take me for they looked at each other very closely razumov's temper was cooled by the impenetrable earnestness of the blue glasses meeting his stare peter ivanovitch turned the handle at last you shall know directly he said pushing the door open a low-pitched grating voice was heard within the room enfant in the doorway his black-coated bulk blocking the view peter ivanovitch boomed in a hearty tone with something boastful in it yes here i am he glanced over his shoulder at razumov who waited for him to move on and i am bringing you a proved conspirator a real one this time en vrai celui -là. this pause in the doorway gave the proved conspirator time to make sure that his face did not betray his angry curiosity and his mental disgust these sentiments stand confessed in mr razumov's memorandum of his first interview with madame de s the very words i use in my narrative are written where their sincerity cannot be suspected the record which could not have been meant for anyone's eyes but his own was not i think the outcome of that strange impulse of indiscretion common to men who lead secret lives and accounting for the invariable existence of compromising documents in all the plots and conspiracies of history mr razumov looked at it i suppose as a man looks at himself in a mirror with wonder perhaps with anguish with anger or despair yes as a threatened man may look fearfully at his own face in the glass formulating to himself reassuring excuses for his appearance marked by the taint of some insidious hereditary disease End of part three chapter one recording by expatriate in Bangor, Maine.